sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. Hey, everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. This is Patrick McCarty. And this week. X-Men Days of Future Past versus The Private Eye, Issue 2. And we've done The Private Eye, Issue 1, before. Uh, so, And I had already read Issue 2, but I went back and, and reread it. So uh, I, guess, I guess The Private Eye is our, uh, our modern-day go-to comic book. It's on it's ongoing. It's it's really easy to access digitally. So I, and it's something it's not real real huge. So as little as as little known our our podcast is, I want everyone to know about Private Eye. So even if two people learn of it from us, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I I like it too. But let's start with uh, X Men Days of Future Past. Actually, let's start with. Uh, our new segment this week in Miley Cyrus. So uh, I was looking at Miley Cyrus's Twitter, and uh, four hours ago, her latest tweet was, woke up with the Ramones song, I Want to Be Sedated, stuck in my head, and it won't go away. Um, so I don't really know what to make of that. Uh, you, I'd like to sit with that for a moment. Yeah, me too. Let's Let's both sit with it for a moment. All right, and I think... I'm happy to know that Hannah Montana knows the Ramones catalog. And uh, I think it is a uh, a shame to the memory of all those great men who were in the Ramones that are now dead. So that's been this week in Miley Cyrus. Uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. So this was... Uh, well, it says, it says copyright 81... The story takes place in 1980, so I mean, I, you know how comic books were, or probably still are. You know, they're dated like months ahead. Um, so I'm, I imagine this was probably written in, at least in 1980, if not published in 1980. This storyline, and it was only a. I think a, it was published in the, in the early months of 80, 81, but it was written in in late, late months 80. of 80. Yeah. Okay. Um, two episode storyline, and this is also the basis for the next X Men movie. And um, you want to go over the basic plot of it? Sure. I, I I had never read it before, so it was it was fun to read. I it was it's one of those stories you've I've heard a lot about, but I never read the actual story. So it was it was good to see what the actual source was like, and it was uh, interesting. I think it would have been better if I didn't know so much about it, but I liked it. And yeah, let's go through the plot. Uh, I guess it opens up in a dystopian 2013 where mutants have all been put into uh, uh, concentration camps, I guess, by the Sentinels. Right, which, I mean, dystopian, you say. I, I wish we would start putting mutants in concentration camps. I guess that's true. Six of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah, I can't walk to the post office without somebody flying up in the air trying to wave his balls in my face uh i'm all for the mutant concentration camp yeah i did find it funny uh that it was that it was uh 2013 even on the very first page uh of the of the first issue um when they're talking about how how fucked up everything is it says welcome to the 21st century uh, (laughs) which is which is so hilarious to see now back then Everything, like, why didn't they think farther ahead? Everything was like the 21st century, you know, Blade Runner was supposed to, I guess Star Trek was one of the only ones that did it right because they set it in like, what, the 25th century or something? Yeah, so far in advance. So far in advance. Makes it, yeah. People living were not going to see those those things to be, be able to uh, point out how wrong the writers were. But yeah, anyway, sorry, go ahead. Starts in a dystopian future, 2000. I think if when you, when you choose something like that, it's... A, well, first of all, you had to do had to do that because the characters were still alive. It had to be still be alive, right? But it also for any kind of fiction, uh, futuristic fiction, when you set it in a, in a date like that's that's close enough that you're going to live to it, it's a little more approachable. Because sometimes when I read something that's set in the 2700s or you know 2000, it's 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 really interesting, but it's it, it's it's it, I'm a little bit removed from it. Too far reading removed. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they've uh, in this in this future. They have uh, put 
as Pat said, all the mutants into concentration camps. And uh, the Sentinels, which are, are mutant hunting slash killing uh, robots, uh, which, which first made their appearance in the 60s version of the comic book, um, have taken over North America and their, their mission is to keep the mutants in line. But uh, none of the other countries in the world want to deal with these Sentinels. So they have uh, said that they're going to start a, a, a nuclear war if the Sentinels try to take over the world or whatever. Uh, and so that's what these people in the future are trying to stop. Most of the mutants uh, and most of the X-Men uh, are dead in this future scenario. I think there's only four of them still. Sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it's, it, most of the, bo- the book was good and subtle. I did find a little over the top having the gravestones. Oh, well, of course. I mean, it was it was a comic book and it was the early 80s that's going to happen. But yeah, she, yeah. There, there's a scene where she walks by the gravestones of all the dead superheroes. Um, you you have to uh, you have to expect that kind of corniness from the period, I think. But I also think um, overall f- for that time, this was a, a pretty dark story. Oh, yeah. Very um, dark. Yeah. So anyway, in, in the future, um, there's there's a band of them uh, who are trying to uh, make a make a plan to overtake the Sentinels. And it's Wolverine is still alive. Uh, Kitty Pride or Sprite, um, who is a, a teenager, the newest member of the X-Men uh, in in 1981. Uh, she was like 14 years old. Uh, she's still alive. Uh, Magneto is there. Shit, I can't. Oh, Colossus and Storm. Uh, and the uh, and the youngest Fantastic Four. Or uh, what's his name? Son of uh, Reed Son. Richards and right. Sue Richards. Dude, we are gonna get so much pussy from this episode. <laughs> I know. That's and that's why I picked it. Um. Yeah, Franklin Richards, and then there's a uh, a telepath Rachel who we don't really know much about. Um who's with them also. And so they plan to send uh, adult Kitty Pride, 2013 Kitty Pride, back into the body of 1980 Kitty Pride, who's 14, um, so she can warn the others because the reason that this dystopian future comes about is because the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants uh, were, pl- were going to assassinate a senator, Senator Kelly, who I think was in the X-Men movies, was he? Yeah, uh, Bruce Davison, I think, played him. And he's yeah. the guy that kind of turned into Jelly in oh, the second X-Men Second movie. one, yeah. Um, he was going to introduce a mutant act into Congress, you know, uh, something about keeping tabs on the mutants. And so the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants uh, murdered him, which said it all about. So she goes back to warn the X-Men uh, to, to save him. That's the basic gist of the storyline. And... Uh, I'm I'm surprised you never read it before, Pat. It's a pretty it's a pretty major, even though it's only two issues, a pretty major part of it. Like I'd say second to uh, Dark Phoenix, as far as uh, I, I've, uh, the X Men books. I'd never spent a lot of time reading, so all the major X Men stories I don't I, I've never read. So that's why it was nice to read this. I'd like to read Dark Phoenix at some point too. I've seen the movies, but never read the books. Oh God, yeah, the movies don't do the the comics justice at all. Um, yeah. Anyway, you got any uh, any insights into this as a first time reader? Uh, what were your your it's, it, impressions? They, I, I did. I thought I in watching the movies, I thought that maybe that they they changed Mystique a little bit to me to be a better movie character, but. It's straight out of this book. The, how Mystique acts in this book is is exactly how she acts in the movies so that was that was interesting to see because i i had never read a book with her in it and they they did a pretty good job of transferring her to the screen yeah mystique a leader of the brotherhood of evil mutants um whose power only power as far as i can tell is uh the ability to shape shifting yeah which i guess is is useful but well you know everybody in the comic books has gone through some kind of uh Jedi Kung Fu training and shit too. So they're oh, all yeah, strong. They can kick ass whether they have any, any strength powers or not. So, but she can look like other people. And it, I mean, it was a, a deep book and like you said, a dark book, the, the time travel stuff, uh, was a, 
a different sort than you're than I'm used to. It wasn't sending an actual person back. It was just sending a, a mind back, which I think was clever and was a little easier to explain. I mean, not that that's ever going to be easy to explain, but it's easier to explain that than an actual physical body traveling through time. Right, right. And and that was all done uh, through Rachel, the psychic. Uh, and the explanation of why they used Kitty Pride made sense that she was young, that she didn't have a psychic training so she wasn't gonna, she wouldn't be able to defend herself right against against their use of her uh the, the uh, time travel of her mind right into her young body right she was she was as i said the youngest x-men so hadn't uh as we all know professor xavier uh, telepath also so he he trained his uh x-men in the use of uh telepathic defense and she didn't have that um i don't think mutants in real life get that training which is probably why they're always flashing their balls at people. Yeah, well, I, I think maybe they can read my mind, and, and that's why they're doing it. Um, oh, so you secretly want that? No, I, I really, it, it is really a turnoff to me. Um, but I, I think I think mutants enjoy, you know, flaunting their superiority over us, over us plebes. Um, so, yeah, and then that is the plot but in the future um things do not go well for the mutants and they all end up being killed uh which i can't imagine they're going to keep in the movie well i mean i but in the future that's an alternative timeline so right he does what happens there i mean they fix the past but it doesn't fix their time right and they even said that he said they said so do you think she failed in the past? You know, nothing's changed. And they're like, well, it, it could just create an alternate timeline, which, uh, well, I was, I read these when they came out. So I had to be 11, uh, 10 or 11. Um, and, and it, it was my first real exposure, I think, to, to that kind of darkness, you know, in stories, uh, which I liked and probably also my first exposure to the idea of alternate timelines. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought Chris Claremont was a genius. I mean, I think, I think writing-wise, it's it's just as good as say Star Wars or something uh, of that time. Yeah, oh yeah, I think there's a reason he lasted for like 20 years on the book. It's he was just doing great stuff and groundbreaking stuff all the way through. Yeah, so uh, so they all die. Let's talk about the movie because here I'm I'm hoping they don't do everything wrong, but I, I kind of think they will because I think. They're going to spend a lot of time giving uh, backstory on the Sentinels and what they are. Probably more than they're going to need to. Um, I, I think they'll probably lift the darkness of this story a little bit and make it cheerier. Um, and was the Blob in the movies at all? I don't remember. I know. I want, I, so I wonder if they'll use the same X-Men and the same Brotherhood of Evil Mutants or, or just go their own way with that. They probably are going to go their own way with that. I, did you see any of the X-Men movies? I saw all three, yeah. Okay, so you did see them. Did You, you didn't like them? I didn't... I didn't. I thought maybe the the first one was decent. I mean, the third one sucked ass. The, the well, yeah, first... the third... Let's not talk about the third one, but the... And, I mean, X-Men First Class was very good, but I don't... That's not part of what I'm talking about. Right, but no, and I didn't, I didn't see that one. Uh, that I, was actually better than... I think all that was probably the best X-Men movie. But this has Brian Singer coming back, and I thought he did a pretty good job with the first two movies. So I, that is a reason I do have high hopes. He kind of respects the uh, the books, and he, he he's going to do a better job than most, most directors. Well, that was my big problem with the first two movies. Um, I thought they were enjoyable popcorn movies, but they were... It, the story was a lot different than the comics that I had read. I mean, they yeah. kept the characters, but like, well, like you said, we shouldn't even discuss the third one. Cause that was just a travesty. I don't even know why they thought they had to do a dark Phoenix story and change it around that much. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they did. That was a terrible movie. And it was, uh, it wasn't Brian Singer. It was, uh, what's his name? The rush hour guy. So I don't know why, how anyone can expect oh, Jackie Chan. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Well, that's what you get, I guess, when Jackie Chan directs your movie. Um, yeah, but but the first two, it was just, I I thought they'd stick closer to the the uh, myth uh, 
from uh you know from the 80s from from the claremont era um and but they kind of just mixed it up where like uh x-men worked together that didn't work together in the in the series and stuff you know what i mean oh i see i but i thought the characters worked so i didn't i don't think i well of course i didn't read the books like you did so it wouldn't bother me as much i i just thought they were fun movies that respect like the characters i did know i thought they did well with like wolverine was a character i I had read his book so i I knew that character pretty well and they did the the, hugh jackman's version of him is a fun version oh hugh jackman's great as uh as wolverine i don't think anybody debates that um the dude even the dude who played cyclops is uh was just right for cyclops i thought Mm -hmm. Um, because cyclops was always super uptight um yeah it they, they were good enough uh We'll wait and see. I just, I just feel like I, I, I hope that he uh, sticks as close as he can to the source material uh, on this. I, they're going to have to pad it out a little because it. Two, yeah, it's a short. It's only two books. Yeah, two issues is you, not enough. You should before the movie comes out. You should see X Men: uh, the, the First Class. First that Class. It was very good and uh, good casting and a pretty good story and well directed. So. I think that that's worth checking out. Yeah, I mean, from reading the books, uh, Emma Frost, January Jones seems pretty good, well suited to that. Although, I, I know people hate her, but but she seems like she'd be good for that role. I I guess we'll I'll wait and see. Um, what did you think of her? She was fine. I I didn't have any problems with any of the actors in it. I didn't think she was especially good, but is she ever especially good? That's the debate, isn't it, on Mad Men? Uh, is is she playing the part really well, or is it just written to her strengths? Um, Who cares? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. I don't ever have complaints about her. I just don't. I don't feel like I don't feel like she fills up the screen, but it's, I don't think she makes me want to change the channel either. So she's fine. Right. Um, I mean, she really makes the one of the things is she makes me feel like she hates her kids. I believe that every time she's on the screen with her kids. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah, let's not get off on a January Jones thing. Um, well, For the longest time, I didn't know who January Jones was, and there is a, I, uh, I don't know his name, there's a black actor who was big in the 90s, and I thought people were talking about him. Oh, uh, Jackie Chan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was more big in the 80s, but I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, well, that's weird. Did you start, you started watching Mad Men kind of late. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that makes sense. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna wait for the reviews on this movie. Uh, oh, so you won't see it in the theater? No, I mean I might see it in the theater, but I might. Not, uh, not opening week. Yeah, no, not never. I never see any of these tentpole movies on opening weekend. I think it's ridiculous. Um, I try to sometimes. Well, if, if there's other people, other people with like minds, it's, it is kind of fun to see it at midnight and kind of talk about it in line and have a fun time. But if I'm just gonna see it by myself, sometimes I'll go like 10 a.m. If I don't have anything pressing to do. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I like to see things. Um, like 10 a.m. on a weekday. Yeah, because the, there's not not anybody there, but it's still an opening week, and that's a kind of a fun way to do it. Yeah, I can't. I the the big crowd things. Maybe maybe if you're going to a midnight show, it's strictly uh, super fans, so that's all right. Um, but crowded yeah. theaters, I can't I can't stand when people start texting and answering their phones and oh, talking yeah. and. Uh, yeah, I, I when you go to movies, don't they have that thing at the beginning where the cartoon comes up and somebody gets killed when they're texting, so nobody, everyone knows not to do it. Nobody respects the cartoon at the beginning, oh, man. That's, that's a shame. No, they need to start putting like actual knives that pop up out of the seats that are are voice activated or or sound activated. I think. Um, it's the only way we're gonna stop these people. The it's it's especially like people who are talking and. And just jabbering or getting on their phones or whatever, I get annoyed at, and I'll I will say something to you because I, I figure like my odds of getting shot uh, for talking shit to somebody in a movie theater are pretty low, especially at uh, independent films. The ones that that fuck me up are the old people because you're like, well, they're old, but they won't shut the hell up. Well, I, I I I don't mind it. Like a little comment here or there, like, oh, that was funny. You know, just a comment on what's going on. But when it's a constant running, what did he say? What did he say? Wait, who's that? Oh, my that? God. Shut up. Uh, yeah. Was he, wait, was he the one? <laughs> yeah. Oh. 
But then on the other hand, you're like, well, they're fucking old. But yeah, it does ruin the experience. So I never, I don't say anything to the old, the elderly. I don't, but the but, thing is when they're doing that, at least they're watching the movie. The people who are talking to each other about something that has nothing to do with the movie, that is really irritating. Yeah, they just came Let's into a movie outside. theater to hang out. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's the same thing when people are talking really loud at a, at a concert. That's uh, worse. Right near me. I, yeah, I, it's, it's much worse because you've paid a lot more je- usually to get in. And plus the people, I feel bad for the people and they probably don't care, but I feel bad for the people on stage. I'm like, Hey, they're performing and you're, they can hear you talking. It's not, there's no soundproofing between the stage and here, especially in a small venue. Right. And, uh, they've, you've got a hand stamp. You can walk right outside and, yeah, and yeah. continue your conversation. If you're not paying attention in the first place. I remember I saw G love at the house of blues in LA one time. And there's the house of blues is kind of a terrible place. They have uh, you pay to see a show, but there's also a restaurant there, and the people at the restaurant didn't necessarily pay to see the show, so they might just be eating. So there's there's like a, a plate, plates clinking in the background. At some point, he was so annoyed with the people in the audience were talking, which was annoying. And on top of that, you have the restaurant in the background, so he just stopped and said, "Can you all shut the fuck up?" So it was pretty great. That's yeah, that's the way to be. Those those people are the true heroes. Um, I, yeah, forget the military. And the firefighters. Especially the firefighters. They're just watching DVDs all day long. Pretty much. And then, you know, occasionally they'll uh, clean up some suicide's brains off the wall or whatever if they get there Maybe before the paramedics. But Risk their lives in some fire, but mostly it's just watching DVDs. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, come on, fire? All you need is water and foam. It's not that <laughs> difficult. Like, if you're getting killed fighting fires, you, you didn't have the proper training. Well, that's Reagan's fault. As is as is most things. Yeah, I'm sure some kind of deregulation just fucked generations of firefighters so that they're not properly trained. They're just walking in and trying to spit on the fire, and it doesn't work. It only makes it worse. Because most people's spit is flammable. I know mine is. Um, uh, from the uh, mostly from the drinking water here. Um, all the fracking. And another thing I br- blame on Reagan. Yeah, that should be, everything should be blamed on Reagan. Uh, where were we? Days of Future Past. Oh, right. So this is an X-Men comic where in the future... No, I think we're actually kind of done with it, right? But you did enjoy it. Yeah, and I, I, it is, it's kind of fun to think about the fact that this was in the, in the heart of the Claremont burn reign when they, they, they were just running roughshod over everything in comics. Ever, I mean, they were oh, the best. John Byrne, too. I, yeah, I wanted to mention, because I loved his art as a kid. It was so different from the uh, from the other Marvel and DC comic artists at the time who were still, as we talked about in the Spider-Man episode, kind of coming out of the Jack Kirby era, all very... Um, kind of very samey, a lot of the, a lot of the artists. And, and John Byrne kind of had his his own style that was easily identifiable and not just generic uh, comic book, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, w- I loved him. And then he went on to, I think, write and draw the Fantastic Four for a while and, and some other things. I'm not sure. I, I... He did a, a kind of a terrible reboot of Superman. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Because uh, I read he didn't, he hadn't even realized that the S on Superman's chest was an S. He thought it was just some weird design. <laughs> kind of a weird dude. Yeah, I think he's Canadian, so there you go. Uh, but yeah, the, a good suit. You should definitely go back and read the uh, the Dark Phoenix. Actually, you should read. You I, should... Well, I I'd like to. What I'm trying to do is I somehow got a hold of a bunch of Marvel stuff, and I'm trying to go through and like read all of them as. As, as in contemporary like i don't have hulk but i have daredevil and spider-man and fantastic four so I'm trying to go back to the beginning and read it as all of them at the same time as they came out just to, it's kind of fun oh that's cool yeah I, i'd say go back farther on uh before the dark phoenix um with the X-Men. oh yeah I, I went back to the beginning when it's still kind of sucky yeah because yeah. it is funny how x-men has the a, a couple uh eras like the early eras just uh, Stan Lee had ideas. I got. It seems like Stan Lee had a bunch of ideas, and he didn't want to use them all for on Fantastic, Fantastic Four. So he threw this Avengers stuff together, and it, there's a lot of crap there. Yeah, yeah, I I think a lot of it was just Stan Lee getting drunk at parties and being like, "Do this." <laughs> um, yeah, no, the '60s era X Men is really bad until uh, like maybe the last the last 
third of it or the last maybe quarter um, of the original run they got a whole new writing team in or a new writer and he he kind of made it uh, moderately better and then of course it they just started reprinting old issues with new covers until claremont came on and and rebooted it and but even claremont um in the very beginning was still a little a little generic um but but he got his footing after after a couple of years and it really took off especially once john byrne came on so um is anybody still listening i'm not uh, yeah i'm not either i kind of i got tuned out when we stopped talking about uh miley cyrus that's a good i refuse to call her miley cyrus even though i keep saying miley cyrus because if i'm not going to call neil neil patrick harris Neil Patrick Harris and I call him Doogie Howser. She has to be, and she's nowhere near as talented as he is. So she should still be Hannah Montana. All right. So it, we will change that to this week in Hannah Montana. Okay. Um, that segment and re- retroactively for the last two episodes now to just hear it that way. People, um, you, you know, you can find a psychic who will put your current mind two weeks into the past and, and then you can hear Tell it. Tell myself to do that. Oh, that would be neat. Um, Have you ever visited a psychic? No. You you know I don't... Uh, you know I find all that stuff ridiculous and... and uh, well, I, and even thinking of it as ridiculous, I thought maybe at some point you you saw a sign and said, oh, I'll go in and see what happens. No, because the problem is um, even seeing it as entertainment, uh, you still have to pay money yeah. to do it. Uh, and I, I'm not... I'm not I don't have enough disposable income for that to be entertainment for me. And I think I would probably just get pissed off at him uh, halfway through and be like, you're a shyster. You're, you're conning gullible people out of their money. And then they would say, I I knew knew you were going to say say that. that. Wow. I I did uh, almost do it. I was in DC and there was a sign that said, it was like $5 come in to have your future read. And, me and a couple other people were, oh, this is cool. Let's go do it. And knocked on the door and nobody answered. So I guess they knew I was coming. They didn't want to talk about my future. Or, yeah, or maybe they just knew you were going to try to skip out without paying. <laughs> That's true, too. I did have my, uh, what's it called? Your your theta read? I read my, I had my theta read by a Scientologist. Oh, did you like at a, at a public transit station or something? Yeah, just, yeah. There's they had a little like you put your. Have you ever done that? No, I see them all the time. I had to put my hand into this little meter, like it's, she had a, the the gauge in front of her, and I put my hand in this thing. That I was, believe it's called an e meter. Am I right? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. It was measuring me, and she'd say, "Under stress, this is going to do such and such." So she <laughs> she poked me. And it did nothing happen. She's like, "Well, that wasn't stressful enough." And then she like really, really pinched me. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. And then she started like slapping you and beating you like that scene in, in uh, <laughs> Airplane. whatever supposed to happen on that meter never happened with what she was doing to me. And I'm just like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'm not cut out to be a Scientologist. I'm, I'm sorry for that. So I'm going to get going. I can't believe you actually stopped to do it. No, oh, it was, it was free. It was bored. True. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I will. Maybe I will stop by. Um, it was. It was. It wasn't like I was in any danger of joining up. I I had already been told many times not to give my address, not to even give my address because you get so much junk mail. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you think, but they've probably got enough information on you to blackmail you from here to Kingdom Come now. Oh, I would love to be blackmailed. I would too, and by blackmail I mean Jackie Chan. So let's go to uh, the Private Eye episode two. Or episode two. two. I'm going to call it episode two. Episode two of The Private Eye was just as good as issue two. Yes, it was indeed. Um, I, it, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this because it is uh, not well, really well known, but very, very, very well written. Uh, the, the second book. Oh, go ahead. The art is great. Once again, I just wanted to yeah. say. And this this issue it seemed like the art was more didn't he didn't try he didn't try to, as many different things it was more standard it seemed like to me well the I'm story like, was a little more standard as well yeah yeah so it fit and it uh, I was happy to know that in the first issue it made it seem like that the that the killer was gonna to waylay the hero and he wasn't gonna know about it like but I was happy happy that that didn't happen that 
that that trick he'd use on somebody else. Because you remember in the first issue, he find, he sees the name and he has the 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 murder victim's secret identity. Yeah, the, of course. Yeah. So I thought that the the private eye was going to get in trouble with that, but it didn't end up happening. Right. Well, that's how they set you up. That's that's the very definition of a uh, good cliffhanger, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you fall for it. I always do. As we both did. So yeah, it was it was a good issue. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I liked it. It's kind of a uh, kind of more of a transition issue because not a lot happens. Although uh, the so in the first issue, uh, this paparazzi uh, who's also a sort of private investigator in the future this is all futuristic um, we won't go into too much of the plot of the first issue since we've already done that one but uh, somebody hires him to investigate herself because she's got apparently some uh, shady past that she can't remember she can't recall um, and in this issue shall we should I do spoiler yeah, I've... Stuff? yeah. why not? Uh, in this issue, she ends up killed. And uh, and so w- when he's going to visit her, he finds out she's dead. And then her sister comes to him. And they had had a, uh, a past where he'd done some work for her in the past. And that's how her sister had, had found him. Um, and she thinks he's the one who killed her. Of course, he did not. But uh, then she hires him to find out who did. And by hire him... I mean, she uh, says she's going to blackmail him. If yeah, to get, get get him to do the work. I I thought uh, there's a, a I can't remember if she was in the first issue, but there's the teenage character in this issue, and I thought she was a, a fun character and a, a really good a device to tell us a lot about the universe too. Yeah, so, she's she's his driver, and apparently um, these people can get uh, these fake identities complete with. Uh, costumes i don't even know how you would say it like like yeah virtual <laughs> costumes i guess you would say um like computer generated a lot of them it seems um and yeah there's they're ridiculous costumes like in the background you see uh, guys walking around looking like an alligator and just not just a fake identity but a crazy comic book fake identity right right um so yeah a lot of people have fake identities and and she is young enough that she is not you find out she's not old enough yet to be able to get these fake identities. So there's an age limit on that. And until you reach that age, you have to wear this kind of uh, wristband that tells everybody you're, you're underage. Is what I think you were talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, so they kind of delve more into this secret identity stuff and the fact that you have to be a certain age. And, and the, I like his, his character's very world weary and very, you don't want to have that just be, free and innocent that you're lucky to be what you're like so it, i think it's a fun character and a, a good gives us lots of information about the world yeah and i uh as we said last time very noirish uh feel to this comic book series uh, like i said kind of blade runner-ish um although in in no other way than that it's science fiction-y um and and noir um but but yeah re- just really well done this this issue is, like I said, kind of a, a transition. It's it's setting up for the rest of the story. There's uh, apparently some some evil mastermind um, who the this now dead girl was working with, um, and he's coming into play in this one and and trying to get the the old band back together, um, which you just you only see a little bit of, um, but. And and then the issue ends on another cliffhanger, of course, uh, with with the paparazzi PI and the uh, the sister of the dead girl uh, are in his apartment or hers. I can't even remember. I or his, was his office. His office, yeah. And the, the gunmen storm through the window in a comic book way and seem to be shooting and start so firing their guns. I, I think they're dead. I haven't read the third issue yet, but I, I'm pretty sure that the main characters are dead, and they're just going to introduce new people. I, I have read the third issue, so I won't I won't spoil anything because obviously we will be doing the third issue at some point uh, with another old comic book. Um, and I, I I do like the the distribution method. I, I I think it's neat that they're not they're purposely not going physical for this book, and you have to go online to get it, and it's pay what you can. Yes, a very a very cool model, and hopefully people are actually paying for it. I paid for 
the first three, um, not a lot, but I paid, and uh, and then I had to actually re-get the second one for this because um, I I had changed computers since then, um, but uh, so I didn't pay this time. But I think that's all right since I paid. Yeah, the first I, time. I think paying once is all you need to do. And I I was very tempted not to pay when I first did it, but then I was like, that's stupid. If it, if it were DC or Marvel, maybe I wouldn't pay. But this is just this these two guys putting something together. So yeah, I I paid what. I, I think I paid like two dollars an issue, something like that. What maybe a dollar? Well, I mean, just figure what what I think whatever they suggested is what I paid. Yeah, yeah, which is is the way to do it because a ton of people just aren't going to pay. So and some people will pay more. So and some I, I will think pay it more. Right. Evens out. And the uh, I think some people might not pay the first time and then they'll come back and pay if they like it. If they so, like yeah, which is which is also fair, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to pay for something that that's just going to be crap, but I. I think it's and it's neat that he's kind of a, a a pretty big figure and he's doing this with I don't I don't know if the artist is as popular as he is so it's neat that they're they're trying something out and I think his name is probably a big selling point for it. Yeah, that's really it's really cool and uh, the only thing I was a little bummed at was when I went back to the site uh, to get this second issue again is that. Um, last time I went, they had three issues up, and they still only have three issues up. So I don't know when the fourth is coming. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's I guess they don't have a a schedule for this. It's just whenever they get it done. Yeah, which is which is fine too. They've got they've got jobs, real jobs yeah. to do, and lives to live. So um, Brian K. Vaughn's busy getting those awards for for Saga. He got the Eisner Award for Comic Writer of the Year. I'll pretend uh, I understand understood a single word of that <laughs> he wanted the other book the, the the print book he writes he that got a bunch of awards at the comic book saga saga and is that is that done is is the whole story wrapped up or is it an no a, a it's ongoing it's monthly. it'll take you like five years yeah it's oh, very okay. good if you if you get a chance the the first the first book is like five bucks so it's it's worth picking up the first graphic novel that collects like 10 of them oh nice all right i'll check out saga then um, yeah, that's cool. Um, and I don't, I didn't know much about him except you said he was a writer on Lost. Uh, yeah, he wrote, I, I forget if we talked about Why the Last Man. He wrote Why the Last Man, which is a really, that one's, that one's done and it's a really fun. Yeah, I know of that one. novel series. And he, he, he did some X-Men work. He did write for X-Men, but I don't, I don't think it was in any way acclaimed. It was just, that was his job for a bit. Yeah, it was work not one of like. Yeah, he's not one of those guys that, that transcended uh, those titles. That's hard to do nowadays, especially with 50 years of, of stories already written. It's hard to, to get in there and, and have people talk about you as if you're doing something new. So he didn't. But yeah, on, I have. On his own stuff, he did. I have no idea what's even going on with X-Men these days. When I when I go to comic shops and I look at like the uh, the collections and uh, you know of uh, of the issues, there are so many like spin-offs and like different universe stories yeah. and stuff that I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. So I just And here's something that might make people feel old that it uh in the Marvel decided they wanted to reboot things. So they they started this universe called the Ultimate Ultimate Marvel Universe, which is just, they took all the characters and kind of redid them for a modern modern t- did a modern take and that's what I was talking about the Shield Shield got uh more popular because it got it has a bigger it's a bigger part of this universe, and it's a Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury, not the old, old-fashioned white. Anyway, that the Ultimate Universe is ten years old now, so. And that was that was new. just a complete reboot of everything. Exactly, yeah. And how much uh, retconning went on in that reboot, besides just Nick Fury? Was there a lot of? Uh... Oh, they changed every. They they did a lot. The, Aunt May is much different. Uh, She's like in her thirties and. Not that young, but she's much younger. Much younger acting too. It's not. She's much less of a grandmother character, more of a modern woman, working woman character. Singing in a punk band at night and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if they go that far, but that kind of thing. She's not. She's not knitting at home, waiting for poor Peter. And is is Peter Parker still working at a, a newspaper, or is that just going? He's a web designer. Web, de- of course. Yeah, that was kind of a lame addition, and, and I think at this point Peter Parker's dead. Sorry, sorry, spoiler, but I, I, have, I haven't kept up. But I, I, they killed off Peter Parker, Parker, and they have a new, a new person playing Spider-Man. Well, if comic books have taught us anything, it's that uh, Peter Parker's not really dead. He'll come back. Maybe. 
This is the ultimate universe, though. Characters stay dead in the ultimate universe. Oh, is that what they're calling it? The ultimate universe? Yeah, that's the that was the reboot they did. Right, but but you know, in a couple of years there will be the infinity universe and, and... <laughs> the 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 main universe. This I think it's called six six one one or six one six. They have a the a number. You know, they have numbers for the universes. The main universe still has Peter Parker, but he his his brain has been overtaken by Doc Ock. So that's oh, of course. <laughs> well, wait. So did, then they have. I'm I'm maybe not understanding this. They have this. What is this called? The Ultimate Universe. The Ultimate Universe scrapped everything and restarted. It but wasn't... they're still doing Main Universe uh, line as well. Side by side, yeah. So yeah. it was just a a cash grab, basically. This Ultimate what, Universe. Ultimate... Yeah, well, not just a cash grab. It was also to get young people back into things because they they when they rebooted every when they recreate everything they tried to make it more uh, accessible to to young people, modern like audiences. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but it's And seems, it worked. It's very popular. It seems they didn't have the courage of their convictions that they're still doing the, the oh, normal. Oh, you mean not universe. to get rid of Yeah, well I, they wanted to have both, so they yeah, they kinda got the both best of both worlds. Because Peter Parker in the normal universe is not a teenager anymore, he's you know, college age. So then it's possible, um, when I was talking about the X Men movies, that they're based more on the ultimate universe storyline than the original universe. Uh, I don't think so because the X Men movies came out before the Ultimate books. Oh, okay. Wow, really? Has it been? Yeah. Ten years. Think... Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Yeah. Now I do feel old. You're welcome. I mean, not just because of that either, but also because uh, Aunt May was hitting on me the other day. <laughs> that original make... universe. <laughs> that wouldn't make me feel old. That would make me feel Special. desirable. No, that never happens. That's not a that's not an adjective I've never heard. Not an option. Um, wow. Well, we wrap this one up in record time. Yeah, we should do this more quickly, more often. Maybe more people listen. Yeah, we should. This will be our uh, shut the fuck up universe uh, <laughs> series. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, if you're listening to this, you should go to panel. Uh, let me make sure I have the. Yeah, panel panelsyndicate.com and download the private eye. It's well worth reading. Yes. You can read the X-Men book stuff is stuff too. It's very good. It's just it's not new. I mean, it's not exciting. It's not the private eye. No, it shit came out before you were born. Um a little a little hokey to modern eyes, I'd imagine, but um but yeah, still worth reading like we said darker than than a lot of things around it. It is time. interesting to think about the movie though, what they're going to do with the future. Like, are they going to make it like Back to the Future, where when the past is fixed, everything's going to change, or if they're going to, yeah, it's that's a, that's a tough one to figure out. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying because you know, for these, because uh, these... it, it is, it, frankly, it is a little bit unsatisfying that the that the, the the future stays so bleak. They did all that work, but nothing happened. Right, and I can't see even. Even uh, with the backing of of Marvel or whatever, and however much this guy wants to stay true to it, it's it's not what uh, people are looking for in their superhero movies. Right. They, so. But they they might f- figure a way around it. It's going to be interesting. That I like the the casting is already good. I I like Patrick Stewart as uh, Professor X. And yeah, I he's like great. Ian McKellen and the the, the young uh, Magneto and the young Professor X are really good too. So it's it's really neat that they're all going to be in the same movie together. And and I assume Wolverine is in it. And who's playing uh, Kitty? That's what's great about Wolverine is he's he doesn't age, so they can have the same actor in both both sides. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think anybody would accept people would accept anybody but Hugh Jackman at this point in history as Wolverine. So. Right, but I mean they don't they don't have to find a young actor. Right, because, right. No, exactly. Yeah. He's he's older anyway. Um who's playing Kitty? Do you know? I don't know. I I, I don't know if that's been cast yet. I, let's see. I can look that up. Oh, really? When is this damn movie coming out? Next summer. Next summer. Oh shit. I thought it was sooner than that. Oh, yeah, I don't even think they've uh finished filming or maybe they did. I, I you know, I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I'm sure there's a lot of post-production on that one. Oh, Peter Dinklage is in it though. Yeah, because they're they're changing things because there's a different bad guy. Oh, the Dink! <laughs> I didn't know you're you're so close. Ellen I, Page, Kitty Pride. Ellen Page is okay. That'll work. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that. Did you see that superhero? I thought that was actually pretty terrible. Um, that superhero movie with Rain Wilson and her. 
No, I, I, I was hoping to see that. It wasn't good. That's too bad. Well, I, I don't know. Judge for yourself. I, I, yeah, I was very. It looked kind of rough. There. It was that's the one where he takes a hammer and kills people, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of rough, but but also not uh not funny enough to make up for that kind of thing. Okay. I had although I had the same problem with Kickass where where I just I didn't it didn't work for me that one. Okay, I I did like Kickass. I I think that Chloe. I don't know Moretz. her name. Moretz, she's a very. It's sometimes when there's kids that are good actresses, it's shocking, and she's one of them. Yeah, no, she's really she's gonna good. Gonna be good. Uh, I heard Kickass Two is horribly. Really? Oh yeah, go check out Rotten Tomatoes, dude. Uh, I, I think it's bother. at like eight percent or something. I've I have a plan to see a movie this week to make up for not seeing, so I'm not going to see that one. I think I'll just stick with Monsters University. The world's in, man. Yeah, did you see it? No, but I want to see it, and that could You're... be one we could talk about, because yeah. there's not a chance in hell I'm going to see Monsters University. <laughs> yeah, I can't suggest that one. I, I, sometime I want to suggest a Pixar movie you should see, but that's not the one. Monsters Nothing. University is going to be like that Jeff Garland show, right? Like where it's all set in the 80s? Yeah, I, I think it'll be exactly like that Jeff Garland show. Yeah, I'm already... All the same jokes. No, I, I, it's a prequel, so it'll be set in the past, but Pixar doesn't doesn't do that bad that bad of stuff no it'll just be you know an annoying an annoying soundtrack and the uh speaking of of movies set in the 80s hot tub time machine 2 but no john cusack this time so i don't i don't know how the hell that's gonna go over (laughs) that's just so absurd that they're making a sequel to that movie it was a very funny movie i laughed all the way through it i I don't know if you liked it but I, i loved it i thought it was great so and losing John Cusack isn't that big a deal to me because he wasn't the funniest part of the movie. The funniest, you know, there's the the guy oh, from the he, office was funny. The 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 young guy was really funny. He was probably the funniest part, but he was just kind of there. Oh he, well, he was also on the office. Yeah, no, no, he's the the guy that was funny. But I'm saying John Cusack. Oh, yeah. was just kind no, of, John Cusack is a straight man. Yeah. So it, it, losing him isn't a big deal. It's it's just, he's a weird guy. Yeah, he's super weird. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter. No, I didn't know he had a Twitter. Yeah, he's he does a lot of typos because I guess he does it from his phone, and if you point it out to him, he will block you. Um, <laughs> but he's also, you know, just very weirdly political, but like, but like almost incoherently political. So it's he's fun to follow. I mean, I <laughs> having said all that, it's I like the fact that he's so thin-skinned; he'll block people just for pointing out typos. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> he doesn't have time for it, man. I just I I think growing up he was my favorite. I I loved the guy. I liked Same his here. movies. But when I found out that he he was such an ass about Better Off Dead, I I don't like him as much as I used to. Wait, how was he an ass about Better Off Dead? His finest hour, I might he, say. He he after the movie was cut, he saw a screening of it and he went to the director and he said he ruined his career. Oh, I did hear that story. Well, you have to give him a break. He was young at that point too. He was still a teenager. I don't care. That was such a great movie and for him to say that he's stupid. We've, yeah, he was. We've got to do better off dead sometime. Yeah, that I used yeah. to love John Cusack too. Uh, I remember in in high school, my senior year, me and uh, my friend Joe were talking once about, um, you know, if you if you were going to fuck a guy, who would it be? And and my choice was uh, my choices were John Cusack and Joe Strummer of the Clash. And which did you actually did it both work? of them? Nice at once. <laughs> It's nice to have goals to actually come through. Yeah, uh, that was my prom night. Suck at everybody else. That's what I said a few times during that prom night. Um, yeah, man, look at we're at we're at like fifty minutes, I think, um, maybe even less because we talked a little more before I started recording. So, uh, anything anything else we want to discuss? Uh, have we even decided what the hell we're doing for the next one? No. Do you want to do have... the the two movies that I? Oh yeah. Mentioned? I don't know if you'll have time time for that. Uh, but but yeah, I have to I have to put it to the top of the queue. I said so, yeah. I guess we could try to do that. The uh, so broadcast news broadcast and... news and network. Yeah, network and broadcast news. I should say network came first. All right, let's uh, let's plan for that. And if not, you know, it's no big deal if we end up changing it. I think I've seen broadcast news a million times. At the time, but I haven't seen it since then. It's great. I rewatched it recently. It's it super Albert holds Brooks. up. I just remember Albert Brooks, Albert Brooks uh, awesome. getting uh, sweating 
sweating so on air. Bad. Yeah. So. Everybody is everybody is excellent in that movie. And uh, yeah, it, I just thought it's something that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. I, I think it's a, a shame how a Kevin Smith has kind of become irrelevant. Well, he's he's doing podcasts now. That's his big thing. Is, is yeah, I know. I mean, he's still funny and he does a good thing. He he has his thing and he does a great thing at it. But with Chasing Amy, I thought he was be, going to become a director that did great movies, and it just never happened. I thought he was going to become like Tarantino, making movies that everyone wanted to see, crossing crossing genres and doing all kinds of. But he never did. No, and I think he I think he probably could have. I think he. Uh... I don't. I don't know what it is. I think maybe um, his sensibility was a little too um, crass. Yeah, that might be part of it. And I. I think he didn't have the the director. He didn't. I don't think he let himself learn to be a director. He no, I agree. Do his thing, and he could have done more. Like he could have done a comic book movie, but he didn't let himself learn to do like the action scenes. And he, I, I guess he didn't blow the right people but i i don't think it's just that i think it was him too he's just not talented enough which is too big as i thought he was yeah well i mean uh a uh a funny writer you know intermittently mm -hmm. and and uh good ideas for sure he wrote some comic books i know that yeah um, well that was a, another thing he screwed up he had oh did he he had a couple books that were really popular. One book that was really popular and had was supposed to have seven issues, and he wrote like four or five and just never finished. I think he came back ten years to finish it up. But you know, you have a storyline and you have people hanging. It kind of sucks. Oh yeah, that's kind of dickish. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I he's he's a huge pothead now, so maybe that has something to do with it. That's, it's weird. He, I mean, he's he specifically is a, a, like by choice a pothead. Yeah, yeah. He he said I. Uh, I didn't use it for the longest time, and I just decided I'm going to use it on a like he. It's like he's uh, gave himself a prescription to use it these hours, and this is going to help my work. And I think at this point, you should see it didn't help your work any. No, no. I mean, he's he's definitely not as. I mean, he's prolific with the podcasting stuff, I guess, but uh, he's not as high functioning as say uh, Doug Benson, uh, who's stoned twenty four seven too, but managed to get a lot of shit done and and of a higher quality, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's a weird one. He, he would have been a good, uh, or could have been a good superhero director. I think so. Yeah. He has, he, he knew, he knew the stuff and a good superhero movie has the good ones have good lines, like funny dialogue and he's great at dialogue. So yeah, it's just too bad. I think the, the Raimi's Spider-Mans were really close to being great movies, but they just didn't have the, enough funny dialogue. Yeah, I, I I didn't I didn't care for them so much. Um, I just thought they were kind of spectacle and and not not well written. Yeah, that's I think that's part of it. But you have to admit that there will never be a better J. Jonah Jameson on the screen. Oh no! Uh, what's what's the guy's name? Shit. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, who who's great in everything? Even the, everything. Everything. Even the stupid uh, insurance commercials. He's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. He's 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 been in lots of stuff. It's funny he decided to to take on a commercial. It's like I don't know if he needs the money or what the deal is, but it, it's it's not something a choice you'd expect from a lot of character actors, and he doesn't care. Nope. I I appreciate that about him. Most people I would you know be screaming sellout, but not him. No. Not him. <laughs> he was great in Law and Order. I. I didn't watch that uh, Oz, but apparently he was good in that, and he was the perfect J. Jonah Jameson. Yes, he was, and he was great in. Uh, did you see Burn After Reading? Yeah, he was very good in that. I saw that in the theaters, and that was another one. Uh, I don't know if you remember when uh, Big Lebowski came out. Like it came out after Fargo, and and people just did not know what to make of it, and kind of hated it and wrote it off at the time and i think the same thing happened with burn after reading which came out exactly. after no country for old men i saw it in the theater and i thought it was great right off like i got what they were doing and what they were saying um but i i don't know i love the coen brothers we should do a coen brothers oh yeah i, I, the, I remember i remember that exact thing with big lebowski that I, I saw that and i was amazed by how awesome it was and then i read the reviews and i was shocked and it was exactly what you're saying. People were expecting Fargo and Coen Brothers don't do the same movie over and over. They do the same movie over and over, but not the same movie over and over. I mean, they, you know it's a Coen Brothers movie, but it's not like they're doing the same thing. They're doing something different and a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. And and I think it was the, like Big Lebowski and Burn After Reading were similar in ways that they seem like uh, very 
small movies about small unimportant things but they weren't really they were about bigger ideas They're, it's just the way they were presented were were not huge and i think i think people have a problem with that you know they like they like big statements to be big and and i think they these hid big statements in in small packages maybe and i think uh, not so much burn after reading but big lebowski picked up that's a movie that had legs when it first came out people were said okay things but over the years it's become much more popular oh, yeah of course it's i mean it's, it's a cult hit yeah they've got lebowski fest and everything yeah it's how about we do uh, Coen Brothers next week? We do The Sullivan's Travels versus O Brother Where Art Thou. I'm down with it. I've got them both on uh, DVD, so. Yeah, I haven't seen either in a while, and I love both, so yeah, I, I like that idea. Okay, Sullivan's Travels versus O Brother Where Art Thou for next week, then. If anybody is still listening, I don't know why you would be. Uh, cross out cross out in your uh, scorecards where we were going to do Network next week and replace it with O Brother Where Art Thou versus or. Excuse me, Sullivan's Travels versus O Brother Where Art Thou. Yeah, use your use your psychic to go back in time. Two weeks. Right to this point. Okay. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. Well, should we uh, wrap it up? I, I'm kind of uh, brain dead right now, so I, I don't have much. I am ready to wrap things up in a nice little box. Oh, that sounds lovely. All right, let's do it then. Motherfucker! <laughs> Uh, as always, uh, please write us at uh, popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Rate us highly on iTunes. And please, please go fuck yourselves. So until next week, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>